James Kennedy Ministries presents Truths That Transform. How did big tech put the 2020 elections at risk in America? Another major problem with the 2020 election is the way that our big tech companies put their thumbs heavily on the scale uh, throughout the election. We take a hard look at how companies like Facebook and Google endanger election integrity and what steps can ensure the validity of your vote on today's Truths That Transform. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. The 2020 election in America raised troubling questions about the security and integrity of our electoral system. But perhaps the greatest threat did not come at individual polling places, but through online tech monopolies putting their thumb on the scale in favor of left-leaning candidates. On this program, you will discover how Facebook, Twitter, and others impacted the election. And we will give you an opportunity to help secure our future elections. We begin with an investigation of the big tech company censorship that undeniably influenced the 2020 election. Our own David Wright has more. America is facing a crisis. We have freedom at risk in, in a country that's had it for 240 years. Uh, we're seeing one party government arise. Uh, people are concerned that the election was not uh, honest. When you talk about Silicon Valley, you're talking about an industry with hundreds of billions of dollars flowing through it on a constant basis to build new tech, to reach minds and change minds. And the conservatives are, are behind, the, behind in the game. Now we have big tech. Uh, you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of these leftist agencies, very progressive, that are monitoring American speech and deciding, you know, what is mean and what isn't. And what they're doing is targeting conservatives. Many aspects of the 2020 election showed us that our election system has vulnerability. And since then, many states have introduced election reform bills. But one of the most egregious assaults on the election in 2020 came from Silicon Valley. Another major problem with the 2020 election is the way that our big tech companies put their thumbs heavily on the scale uh, throughout the election. The big tech platforms like Facebook and Twitter and the like, Instagram, uh, they're enormously powerful for two reasons. One is they have so many millions of people that use them every day. Uh, another way that they're incredibly powerful is that if I tell you something, you're more likely to believe me than if you heard it just from a political ad. So it's enormously more powerful to control the way people are talking on social media than it is to control, say, you know, political ads on television or radio. In the run-up to the 2020 election, 
many conservative outlets noticed that their content was being censored on the major social networks. American Principles Project, we spent around five and a half million dollars in the 2020 elections and a huge chunk of that was reserved to be spent on Facebook targeting voters. And we got a notice uh, in, through our email uh, that our ads were being challenged. And it was incredible uh, because the ad that, we were, that was being challenged was an uh, ad on transgender sports. Facebook ended up censoring that ad. They shut it down. They wouldn't let us reach voters with that message. And, and it was because one of their fact checkers said that our ad was missing context. There's no question that on YouTube the social issues are the hot button. Everything from race to abortion to same-sex marriage to transgenderism. If you violate the left standards of political correctness here, then there's a good shot they're going to demonetize you. They'll find that you run afoul of their community standards. If you take a socially unapproved stance on, on one of these issues, there's a good shot that YouTube will, will demonetize you or Facebook will crack down on you. One way that social media platforms deal with these opposing viewpoints is through the use of independent fact checkers who will wrongly label mostly conservative posts as misleading or missing context. What we're seeing here is very dangerous because before the social media giants and before this progressive swing in America after the Obama presidency took place, Americans were very much okay with letting the American people ingest whatever TV ads that they could see in, in politics and then let they trusted the people to make the decision. And now, for some reason or another, these Silicon Valley nerds have determined we can't trust everyday normal Americans to make decisions. They're too stupid. They'll get fooled by these ads. So we've got to censor them because we don't trust uh, the American people. Well, essentially, these big tech companies are holding themselves out as being the, uh, uh, the new virtual public square. They are now acting in many ways as kind of the ticket takers uh, as to who can come in if you got a liberal ticket, come on in. You got a conservative ticket, not so sure. Let's see what you've got to say. That's not free speech. And when speech is no longer free, that's a problem for all of society. And people need to realize that. One of the biggest stories of censorship in the run-up to the 2020 election was Twitter censoring the New York Post. In American politics, we have the expression October surprise, right? And what that typically refers to is one side or the other, they will wait till close to the election, which is when most people make up their minds, um, and they'll dump out some negative, harmful information on their opponent. So for instance, George W. Bush, before his first election, there was negative uh, information that came out at the last minute and hurt him with the evangelicals, in fact. Of course, in this last election, 2020, you have exactly the same kind of thing. You have uh, Republicans, in this case, had some very damaging information on the Biden family, especially Hunter Biden, uh, the, their nominee's son. Um, and that was released right before the election. If you contrast how Twitter quickly shut down the New York Post and their story on Hunter Biden, which was fact-checked and true and totally based on very factual information, versus how they treated the story about President Trump uh, allegedly saying that veterans were losers and scumbags who died for their country stupidly. They didn't shut those stories down. And that was all based off of hearsay. So why did they shut the Hunter Biden story down, which was actually a, a national security crisis for the inco potentially incoming president, Joe Biden. The New York Post's Twitter account was suspended for 16 days 
for simply posting the factual story about Hunter Biden. Senator Ted Cruz grilled Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey during a Senate hearing over this blatant censorship. The New York Post is over 200 years old. The New York Post was founded by Alexander Hamilton. And your position is that, that you can sit in Silicon Valley and demand of the media that you can tell them what stories they can publish and you can tell the American people what reporting they can hear. Is that right? No, this was, this was a, you know, every person, every account, uh, every uh, organization that signs up to Twitter agrees to a terms of service. A post-election poll by the Media Research Center found that 36% of Biden voters were not aware of the Hunter Biden story, which linked Joe Biden to corrupt financial dealings with China and Ukraine. Yet, in September 2021, the mainstream outlet Politico confirmed the Hunter Biden emails as authentic, nearly a year after the story was censored. But big tech companies don't just wield their power over elections through censorship. They also use their billions to fund specific campaigns and elections. In this last election, you had Mark Zuckerberg, head of Facebook, giving $400 million to two little nonprofits. They'd only had about a million dollars apiece a year before his $400 million descended upon them. And then they gave that money to secretaries of state, that is to say the leading election official in almost all the states, and even into local election offices, over 2,000 of them. In the case of Google, when you total up the contributions, and I didn't do this, a left-wing left group that does great work called Open Secrets uh, did this. If you look at Google, both how its employees donated plus the way the company's own treasury and PACs donated, you find it was 95 to 5 Democrats over Republicans. Many note that these huge tech monopolies need to be kept in check. Today, the people, that's us, have to fight for the right to have freedom, to have freedom to post our stuff on the web, to have freedom to speak in the marketplace, to have freedom. I mean, these ideas are endless. This will never end. In other words, this is a battle that until we get to glory, we have to fight for the right to speak. As I look at the horizon, I see things that I thought I would never see in America. And many of us, we read George Orwell's 1984 about a totalitarian society and Big Brother and the surveillance and just how history you know, was being changed uh, right before our eyes and all of these things. And I feel like that we're living in a totalitarian society in so many ways. And with big tech, what has happened is that anyone that puts forth a, an opinion or data that's contrary to what comes down through uh, the, the channels that are sending out these messages, they can find themselves shut down, deplatformed, and not able to reach uh, the American people. And I would say that we are living through a period in history where the American people are not able to get the information that they need to make intelligent decisions for themselves and their families. Big tech censorship is just one of the ways the left in this country has sought to hijack our elections. From defeating common sense measures like voter ID to trying to snatch elections away from local control and hand it over to federal bureaucracy, to seeking to banish the Electoral College. 
the left has worked day and night to chip away at the foundation of our democracy. It's up to you and me to stop them. We have put together an urgent petition to your governor and your two senators calling upon them to stand against these encroachments on our electoral process and to defend the integrity of our elections. Please contact us right away to receive your petitions. Sign them, return them to us immediately. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free, 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. Making sure our votes are properly cast and counted is indeed a biblical issue. As the scriptures tell us, whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Truth and accuracy matter. As Dr. D. James Kennedy explains in this portion of his message, honesty, the only policy. We live in a day when lying has become epidemic in our country. And indeed, it is a tragic thing. Now, the scripture reminds us to be sure that our sins will find us out. This refers to lies as well. In fact, though liars don't usually know it, lying is one of the easiest sins to detect. Most people know liars. And it's a tragic thing. The scripture says that, that the foolishness of the fool is his deceit or his lies. He thinks he's getting away with something, and yet he really is not. The ninth commandment says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, Charles Hodge, the light and glory of Princeton University at the end of the last century, the greatest theologian probably America ever produced, says something very interesting about this commandment that I hope that you will not forget. He says that this belongs into an, an entirely different class of commandments than some of the rest, such as marriage or the Sabbath or property, <clears throat> because all of those are permanent institutions in our existence here in this world in this time. But they will be changed at some future date, and they could even be changed if God so desired in this world in our time. But this commandment concerning truth is a part of the very essence of who God is, and he could no more change this <clears throat> than he could change his own nature, because God is a God of truth, and truth is the very foundation of deity. It is the substratum of all of God's moral perfections. So we see that truth and lying are extremely important matters. And this is even more clearly seen when we remember that Jesus Christ declares that he is truth. When he stood before that cynic Pilate who asked, what is truth? 
He did not realize it. There it was, standing before him, incarnate truth, staring him in the face, and he saw it not. Jesus Christ is truth. And Satan, as Christ said, is a liar and was a liar from the beginning and is the father of lies. Dear friend, I'm happy to say that the cross of Jesus Christ is the greatest statement of truth about this world that God has ever made. About this world and about God himself, there standing the cross, there as it stood outside a city wall on that blackened hill of Golgotha between heaven and earth when Christ hung upon it, the truth about the world was told and the truth about God. You see, Satan is not only a liar, but what he most likes to lie about is God and Christ and the church and Christians and the Bible. These are the principal objects of his lies. But here the truth, as it is spoken through that loudspeaker on Calvary's hill, the cross. God is telling the world there that he is just for having taken the guilt of the world and having imputed it to Jesus Christ, his Son, the God of all of the earth who must do rightly, the one who has said that he will visit our transgressions with a rod and our iniquity with stripes, the one who has said that he will in no wise clear the guilty, now looks down upon his own beloved Son, one whom he has loved everlastingly, and there he pours out his wrath for sin upon his own Son, that the world may know that God's word is true. Sin shall not go unpunished. Oh, dear friend, if you are outside of Christ, I urge you to come to him this day. Tragically, there are even those in the church whose names are upon the roll, who are faithful in attendance, yet they've never really surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. In fact, your whole being is a lie. <clears throat> what you profess to be on the outside is not what you are on the inside. And God requireth truth in the inward parts. Some of you are walking lies, pretenses, hypocrites. But you will be found out in that day. Ah, while the day of grace still shines upon you, I urge you to come to the cross, to receive him who is condemned by false witnesses, who takes upon you, upon himself, your guilt and endures your punishment and offers you forgiveness there are some of you that would give all of the world for this opportunity two minutes after you are dead. But it 
shall then be too late. It shall everlastingly be too late. And then you and all liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. Are you guilty? Then come to the guilt-bearer, to the sacrifice for sins, to the one who paid it all, who says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. As Dr. Kennedy has explained, falsehood is a sin. And it's a sin that Jesus died for. And that's why we must take it so seriously in our own lives and in the life of our nation. 2020 exposed the fact that we have an election integrity problem in this country. And it's time for you and I to make our voices heard to bring sanity and security back to the electoral process. We have put together an urgent petition to your governor and your two senators calling upon them to defend your vote. We urge them to defeat measures to put elections in federal hands, which violates our Constitution, and to stand for common sense measures to secure our elections, like voter ID laws and better regulation of mail-in balloting. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. Contact us to get your petitions, fill them out, and return them to us as quickly as possible. And when you contact us, if you're able to include a generous ministry gift to help us continue to stand for truth and defend your freedom, we will thank you by sending you the new DVD program, Key Steps to Restoring Election Integrity, featuring journalist Robert Knight. Bob wrote a book several years ago for us which foresaw exactly what would unfold in the 2020 election. And in this DVD conversation, we analyze what unfolded and what steps need to be taken to make sure another election is never compromised. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $60 or more, we will send you that DVD plus the brand new hardcover bestseller, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections by noted journalist Molly Hemingway. Through her exclusive interviews with campaign officials, reporters, and Supreme Court justices, she exposes the corruption surrounding so much of the 2020 election. Rigged is a reminder for weary patriots that truth is still the most powerful weapon at a time when the stakes for our democracy have never been higher. That's the DVD conversation with Robert Knight 
key steps to restoring election integrity as our thanks for your generous gift and the DVD plus Molly Hemingway's bestseller, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections as our thanks for your gift of $60 or more. These are key resources in the battle to secure our elections, which is a battle for the future of your children's nation. And no matter what, make sure to contact us to get your petitions to your governor and senators to make your voice heard on the need to protect and defend the integrity of our elections. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free, 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. While the COVID-19 pandemic has killed thousands in America, it's also the source of less obvious damage that will affect this nation for decades to come. Many of our major institutions of government and media have beclowned themselves and in doing so, frittered away their remaining vestiges of authority and credibility. And that's a very bad thing for all of us. For instance, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the government's face of the pandemic response, told the New York Times, quote, when polls said only about half of all Americans would take a vaccine, I was saying herd immunity would take 70 to 75%. Then when newer surveys said 60% or more would take it, I thought I can nudge this up a bit. So I went to 80 and 85, end quote. In other words, the nation's senior public health official admits fudging the numbers to get the result he wanted. You know, the straightforward way to describe that is, he lied to us. And in September, Rolling Stone magazine reported a drastic shortage of hospital beds in Oklahoma because they were filled with people who had overdosed on ivermectin, which despite the medical experts at Rolling Stone is a safe and powerful antiviral drug in use worldwide for some four decades. The story ran worldwide as elites scoffed at those rubes out in the sticks, misusing horse medicine and clogging hospitals. The only problem with the story? That it was entirely fabricated. The one doctor cited for all the claims was refuted by his own employer, which said they had not treated a single ivermectin overdose in their entire statewide hospital system. But as the saying goes, a lie goes halfway around the world before the truth can get its boots on. Friends, we are living in a pandemic of lies. But as Christians, we cannot allow ourselves to become cynical, skeptical of agendas, yes, but not cynical. Instead, convinced that the truth is attainable, we have a duty to find it and to walk in it. The world's game of altering and denying truth in the pursuit of power and advantage is not open to us. Above all people, we must be those who love and obey truth. As the scripture says, 
Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for being with us. And here's a look at the next truths that transform. I think when you say hate group, it's pretty obvious. You're talking about someone motivated by hate. Well, that's not D. James Kennedy Ministries at all. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.